Welcome to On Deck with Circuit Check. For over 40 years, CircuitCheck has been a leading-edge provider of custom-engineered test solutions to the electronics industry, identifying and innovating new technologies and processes to address the ever-changing test requirements. Join us as we share our expertise and thought leadership across a wide range of industries. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of On Deck with Circuit Check. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the show. We appreciate you listening along to some broader testing thought leadership. We have some important touch points to chat on today, including some market motivators that are changing testing dynamics for the better in many cases. Before we jump into the core discussion, we do want to make sure you're getting all of the circuit check content you desire. So make sure you're going to our website, circuitcheck.com. Again, circuitcheck.com, as well as subscribing to On Deck with Circuit Check on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. On our site, you can find more content like blogs, articles, videos, and more. And for all of our previous episodes, plus notifications when we drop new ones, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. So on today's episode of the show, we're going to be turning our focus away from specific testing types, platforms, and processes, as we uh, you know typically talk on here on the show. And instead, we're going to be speaking to some of the major, again, market motivators that are shifting testing, both needs and technologies themselves. So the testing environment has changed over the last several years due to a overall mass digital transformation. That's where we're going to be focusing our conversation today. And not just digital transformation in the testing itself, but also in the types of components now outfitted with electronics and preparing for things like Industry 4.0. So as a result, the need for data and the need for robust information around what's being tested and why is more important than ever. Data during and after the manufacturing testing process is critical for giving testing the clearest picture possible, especially if testers are having to run multiple devices for multiple applications. So with today's episode, we're wanting to ask, how should testing respond to the digital transformations of its products? And how important is digital transformation to overall test strategies? Where should it focus and why? Well, here to give us insights, we're joined by two thought leaders. I'd like to go ahead and introduce both of them. First up, I'd like to welcome Sean Ryler, Senior Vice President of Sales at CircuitCheck. Sean, great to have you on. How are you doing? Pretty good, Daniel. Pretty good. And, and you know, just looking forward to the discussion and be able to, to, to talk about that digital transformation strategy. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for your time today. And joining us from National Instruments is Ian Fountain, Director of Marketing again at National Instruments. Ian, great to have you on. How you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having absolutely. me. Absolutely. Real pleasure getting to source your insights as well. And just so our audience understands your perspective, since you're not with CircuitCheck, uh, give us the quick rundown on your background and uh, how that informs your perspective today, as well as how National Instruments fits into the picture. Sure. Um, I've been with NI for 21 years now. So most of my, my professional career, I'm a, a computer engineer and uh, spent a lot of my time in university trying to understand how computers were going to make everyone's lives better. And um, so that's certainly been a passion of mine since I've, I've moved to National Instruments. 
spent about a decade working with uh, automotive and aerospace companies as they embed more and more software into their products and trying to figure out how to make those uh, those products uh, higher quality still with all that software content. Um, about five years ago, I switched over into Internet of Things and Industrial Internet of Things because I was really excited about this this concept of digital transformation and and how that was going to enable organizations to run more efficiently. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to to share some of my perspective and you know provide some exciting use cases that I think are are really applicable today. Yeah, fantastic, and we're definitely looking forward to sourcing that thought leadership and uh, again better understanding the various digital transformations that are impacting the testing environment. So let's go ahead and jump in and uh, better define what it is exactly we're talking about. We've seen industries, uh, both individual companies as well as industry organizations and associations. On top of that, we've also seen governments alike all set standards for digital transformation, where investments should be going, for what purpose, and offer some strategies. But naturally, each industry and each uh, directive is going to differ slightly. So I was wondering if y'all could define digital transformation for me, but in the broader testing environment context, and what is being digitally transformed and why? So, uh, you know, when I think about this, I think about it from my customer's perspective. When, you know, you're looking at manufacturing tests and you're looking for digital transformation, it's about gaining as much information as possible for that entire process, right? Whether that be on the front end, through the test, test analytics, those kind of things on the back end, as well as what you decide to do with that data as you're working through, you know, where where its importance is. In this case, we're also open and trying to discuss with our customers how you can take that manufacturing test data and push it back through to help you in your design process, as well as, uh, you know, predictive maintenance and kind of some other scenarios there. Yeah, for me, I, <clears throat> I like to first try to, un, like, you know, get some agreement around what digital transformation is. And um, the example that has always sort of resonated with me was a story that I learned when working with Airbus um, about seven or eight years ago. And I, I didn't really realize this, but you know, a, a major airplane manufactured today, um, there's a lot of paper, a lot of uh, you know, literally paper with you know, handwritten notes on it or, or you know, printed out. That's part of that process. And, and Airbus, you know, when they were trying to define digital transformation, they basically said, if, if there's ever the presence of paper involved, then it's not it's not being digitally transformed enough. And so that you know it was a really simple way to kind of frame digital transformation for me. And 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 so the extension of that is really for me what digital transformation is all about is being able to leverage a lot of the technology that's come in the consumer space, you know, over the past 15 years or so, uh, smartphones, tablets, um, more recently things like augmented reality. Um, you know, virtual reality goggles. So all of those consumer technologies for interacting with the internet and the cloud and the fact that you have all this immense compute power. Um, so that's really, you know, a lot of those forces are being brought to bear now in the sort of the business space in the manufacturing floor. Uh, you don't have to upload your data to the cloud in order to leverage digital transformation. Um, you can you can deal with all that data right on their factory floor, but you, you know the the concept there is that 
if you see paper, it's probably a pretty good indicator that that you're not you know taking full advantage of digital transformation. So I, it's kind of a simple example that I love to to bring up. Very true. Got to address the basics to really feel like your strategy is holistic. I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, I, on, on top of this, I mentioned it in my um, introduction, but with this push for digital transformation comes several new streams of data that companies and industries, you know, at large need to prioritize and need to take into account uh, because as all this data streams in, if it isn't organized properly or isn't turned into something actionable, all it does is take up space, build clutter, and uh, in a lot of ways can actually be a distraction and a deviation of strategy if it isn't integrated holistically. So I'm curious if you've seen an increased interest in data ownership as well as an increased prioritization in data ownership because of these digital transformations. And if so, what is making this an important piece of uh, the broader digital transformation puzzle? So when I think of data ownership in this case, again, thinking about my customer base, you've got you know, a lot of times we've got customers that are dealing, they're the actual OEM that's designed their test strategy and looking from a manufacturing testing side. They want to own the data. They want to understand all the analytics that are available. And they want to understand that for each and every device under test or DUT that they're actually testing. And when, when you start dealing with a CM or a contract manufacturer is involved, the importance of that data ownership even steps up a level because the OEM then wants to hold, you know, the contract manufacturer from a responsibility standpoint about what they're producing and what they're supplying. And in the end result, it's a, that data ownership also, again, can work back up flow to help with design process of newer products, as well as looking at, you know, what I would call that uh, predictive failure based analysis, being able to look at that data and say, hey, you know, based off of the test of these 10,000 boards that went through or these, you know, duts that we we tested, we can tell that all the ones that were close in this realm of, you know, whether that be a voltage setting or a, a reading that was taken, and they can make some predictive capability on, you know, how long that board's going to last in their end product. And I think that's one to think about. But again, data ownership is, it, it, it can be <laughs> dependent upon who the end customer is quite important. It also depends on the type of industry we're dealing with. I know Ian used uh, Airbus as in that kind of mill aero industry that we like to discuss. Um, they're, they're a lot differentiated in the data they own. And, and nowadays there's actually even becoming some of the discussion around data ownership and the probability of that based off of qualitative measures that even our own government's partaking in, right? It, it, you know, who owns what from your quality measures. And it's something to keep in mind when you're going down that quality path. You know, how long do you keep that data? Who has clean ownership? How much IP is in that data and those kind of scenarios? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Sean. I think when, when people think about manufacturing a product and they think about trying to to optimize that that process, and and to bring to bear new sensors that provide new streams of data, um, you know, new measurements that are able to be made. Uh, the ability to actually have the product report back some data it's from itself that it might be, you know, using some sort of built-in self-test. So there's all this data that people start to think about uh, and get excited about because then they can start to do analytics against the data. But unless you own your own manufacturing facility, 
um, you may not have the rights to that data. And since uh, the industry that I focus on most recently is the consumer electronics res uh, industry and, and you know, over the past 15, 20 years, there's been a massive shift of where those products are made. Uh, they're making them in Asia, um, you know, other countries, uh, you know, to, to get economies of scale there. Um, but if you don't go into that and partner with your your manufacturing partner and, and say, hey, I want, we want to we want to digitally transform together and here's the data that we're going to do it. You don't have ownership of that data. You're going to be sort of um, left out in the cold because you won't you won't actually have the raw the raw data to, to perform the, the analytics on. Right, right. And that's essential, obviously, building into a holistic and long-term strategy for digital transformation. Uh, you know, if you don't have the core metrics and the basics to inform some quality strategies, then like you said, you're going to be left dead in the water. So good point there. Uh, let's go ahead and focus on digital transformation now uh, within the context of the conversation, specifically around testing. So if you could define for us, what does digital transformation resemble and look like in practice in the testing environment? So during testing, what is being digitally transformed? What has changed? What is in the process of evolving? Give us that breakdown. No, 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 no worries. Uh, yeah, so I, I like to think about digital transformation in the test space in terms of, okay, if you if you had access to data and you had access to fantastic analytics, what types of use cases could you could you you know go after? Uh, a couple that come to mind are things like adaptive test. That's a real popular topic with a lot of our customers. They want to, they you know, test is an expensive uh, part of the manufacturing process. Uh, they they can't get away from test. No, you know, nobody wants to to see the product that they put out in the market have poor quality because they were cheap on test. So, and obviously, as a test and measurement company, we would never advise that our customers skip the test process. But we do partner with our customers to help them understand. Okay, maybe you know, maybe you've been running this test a thousand times over the past you know uh, uh, week on all these devices under test that are passing through your line, and for whatever reason. It's, you know, you're getting 100% pass rate on that test. Okay, well, maybe you want to drop back to only running that test on every 50th device, you know, until something changes off that metric. And so you can take some savings. Uh, maybe you need fewer uh, fewer test steps, you know, for each type of device. Um, maybe you maybe you can get the, the test time down and actually increase the throughput of the manufacturing line. So those are the types of things that our customers are always looking to do they don't want to sacrifice quality they don't want to um you know r reduce their their brand reputation in the market but they do want to take some opportunities to to leverage digital transformation concepts like that where you can perform some analytics and that's a that adaptive test concept is actually something that people have done you know manually uh, for a long time and it's been recently that we've started to see the rise of platforms and software that will actually do that in an automated fashion so that a human doesn't necessarily have to be in the loop and it's looking for those opportunities for for companies the other one that we see that's a little bit more um uh common and especially the millero environment environment is root cause analysis okay we've had a failure what what's the cause of the failure is it a is it a bad pogo pin on my in-circuit tester 
Um, or is it an, a, maybe an, an instrument that isn't calibrated recently? Or maybe I actually have a, you know, a, a device that's failing and I need to go do some, some troubleshooting on that. So that root cause analysis and helping engineers get to the answer more quickly through analytics is a, another big use case. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, especially on the adaptive test. I think one of the things that when you, when you look at that di digital transformation, the testing environment is kind of that next step in what you hear many reference to the industry 4.0. And, and in essence, where that comes in is is kind of the the addition of some machine learning adaptive capability for the for the tester or the entire test system to be able to make decisions based off of multiple inputs, right? Using that from the automation standpoint, maybe how long you run the same test. And then we use, you know, differentiated sensors throughout to be able to kind of combine that and give you as much test analytics as possible. Then letting you data mine that same data and letting the machine learning move through that data to decide and give you some predictive analysis. Whether that predictive analysis is based off of maintenance or predictive failure, or that just the same example that Ian mentioned is, is the ability to say, hey, wait a minute, I've tested, again, 10,000 of these, they've all passed. Do I have a tight enough uh, you know, test here on this single one test, or can I, move back that voltage until I find that failure mode in essence to to not be a binary pass or fail test, but let's find out how far my product actually moves, right? And and when you're looking at this from a digital transformation standpoint, we have many that will do temperature testing and kind of humidity testing as well, but it's they rarely have the digital transformation to go with that at this temperature, at this one, you know, uh, exact setting of humidity. Here's exactly where it failed. And this is why. And that lets you give you a lot of that predictive kind of analysis to give you an idea of where your machine's going to fail. You know, whether it's the single card or the entire test system or, or at least the end the device under test in this scenario. One thing that I, I might add, Daniel, you were mentioning earlier. Um, you know, the concept of collecting all this data and the, the, in the IT space, all the, you know, chief information officers were running around a decade ago in big companies that the Vogue thing to do was to create a data lake where they were going to take all of the data possible from their organization and, you know, store it in this huge data lake. And if you're a hard drive manufacturer, that's a, that's a, that was a great, you know, thread that kind of come through because uh, people started storing a lot more. Uh, unfortunately, what we've seen in industry is that a lot, oftentimes those data lakes have become data swamps because <laughs> nobody's going in there and cleaning the data up and um, normalizing the data and contextualizing the data. Because if you just are storing data and you're not leveraging it, like you said, Daniel, it's, it's, it's really just uh, costing you money. And so the question that we always ask people is, what business metric are you trying to affect here? Is there a KPI that somebody cares about that you're trying to affect, okay? What what is that, and and you know how would a data and enhanced data and analytics help you affect that that KPI? What have been some of the effects then? I mean, what you're breaking down here for us seems like it is you know transformational, pun intended, right? Uh, for day to day processes of testing, regardless of device. But you mentioned some specifics, uh, including uh, having the predictive analytics and the capacity to evaluate more granular data 
capture more of that granular data and then do something actionable with it, with it, excuse me. What have been some of the domino effects of improving, uh, you know, adaptive tests, for example, or being able to measure humidity and the impact of humidity on this specific component and uh, predict some of the, uh, outcomes of how that will affect the, uh, quality and efficiency of the component, right? That more holistic view, how is that improving, uh, the, I guess, broader, uh, dominoes that come from a quality test so so when i think about it from a test manufacturing standpoint again that's a major part of our customer base is you know they're trying to to understand that the board or the pcb that they're building is going to meet all the requirements in order to move forward but when you think about that when they're manufacturing they have many many of these boards that oh it failed and, and, and in some cases, the most simple, simplistic method is it failed, move it aside, we're not going to ship it. Instead of looking at it failed this test at this percentage and this is why, and can this board be used in some other methodology or at that point, does the adaptive learning or the adaptive testing come in where I failed test A, now I'm going to run B and C at a differentiated voltage to understand where it really drops off. And it may not be something that that in any case, the end product cannot use. It's just understanding, again, that step deeper and deeper and deeper for engineers, for test system engineers to understand, okay, this is when it falls off. This is why it falls off. And again, that data allows you to go back into the manufacturing process and maybe figure out something you can change. Is it the parts issue, the single part? Is it my manufacturing capability or the or the method of manufacture that's the issue is there something else in there compared to just it failed you know 5000 boards i have to scrap and uh, we've got to go figure out how to rework those this adaptive learning allows you to be able to take those steps again uh, you have to think about it up front you have to think about uh, and i think that's the part here that i'm trying to get to the customer base is that there's a lot of capability here, but you have to be able to think about how you're going to use that data when you start walking down this road. The reality is I don't think most of them can afford not to start taking that step, but you have to think about what you'll do with the data, how you'll use it, and the next two or three steps that it'll help you take down the line. I couldn't agree more. I think, again, I, the biggest thing that we see come up over and over and over again with our customers is digital transformation and industry 4.0 and um, internet of things. These are all, you know, they're, they're hyped terms. And you may be hearing your leadership say, oh yeah, we're going to do digital transformation. At the end of the day, if it's not driving a business metric, if you're not tying it to 10% reduction of what a lot of times is called the, the 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 scrap, you know, the bone pile, right? So a product that's failed and it's just been thrown aside. Um, okay, well, let's let's. How much would us reducing that bone pile by ten percent, um, reducing scrap by ten percent? How much would that save the company? Where what would we do those savings? That's really, I think, what has been probably the biggest mistake that this entire discussion around digital transformation ha has made over the past several years is. People have gotten excited about technology, new sensors, new analytics, and they've let technology lead when really this is more about people and process and business results. All right. So we've been discussing digital transformation of the testing environment specifically. There's another digital transformation happening in lockstep that also impacts the environment. 
And that would be the digital transformation of the DUTs, of the devices under testing themselves and the components being tested. I'm curious how those digital transformations are also impacting the testing process. Give us a, you know, a breakdown there of where the dots connect. Yeah, I, I, let me let me start with that one because you're definitely when you're talking about digital transformation and you're you're speaking about you know products these days have almost everything has connectivity. My my uh, um, my fire my smoke detector you know surprisingly needs connectivity now and you know it's like everything in the home you know people just expect connectivity. So again, if we f- laser focus in you know to like the consumer space, connectivity is a massive. Um, really a, a, a massive theme over the past decade. And so, um, and it's only going to become more prevalent with 5G and, and as that rolls out into the industrial space. And so how that changes your testing strategy is I think pretty pretty significant. You're, you're looking at situations where in the past you might've made a lot of physical connections, but now with everything being wireless, it's, it's you know, you're dealing with wireless testing and, and that's a whole new paradigm for a lot of companies that haven't dealt with wireless before. So big, big shifts there. Um, another thing that I think is, is happening with products that are fully connected is with a connected product, you can actually start to collect data from when the product has been sold and is in use in the field. And so the concept of, all right, test, ends when I, you know, put the product in a box and ship it to the customer that, you know, all the test is done. Um, and we hope that it worked. Well, a lot of organizations are finding, you know, that that's, that's not the truth anymore. So take, for example, Tesla, you know, they're constantly updating their product. They're constantly testing the product in the field with their customers. And, uh, the information is flowing back from that product while it's in use and sort of informing their design decisions for the next enhancements. So those are a couple of pretty big themes that um, we see a lot of our our test and, test managers, test engineers, you know, thinking about. You know, when I think about it as well, you think about how, you know, and, you know, made a statement that when the product's in the field, I even look at it as as soon as the product's powered up, you can actually use that data through the test system, how long it took, how long it was, you know, there's multiple capabilities here to stream an infinite number of data streams based off of the sensors that you have. And that's the part where I'm trying to kind of rally my customer base to say, hey, there's other capabilities here during test, not only understanding how long it took, what it did when we're finished with that test, what the overall feedback is, as well as feeding that back into the tester itself. So when you think about a complete test system functionally as as we build today, uh, there's several different opportunities that we could use some of that adaptive learning and able to to look at as as that test set goes through, as well as, okay, when we're looking at an upgrade or, or, or a duplicate scenarios, there's something else we need to add in to give us some more predictive analysis. And I think that's the, the part where I always try to focus on because I think we keep thinking about putting all that technology or what we call that, that technology growth inside the end product, but it doesn't always find its way back into the test and manufacturing process. And I think that's where it, it tends to fall off, actually. And Industry 4.0 is trying to bring that to life a little bit. The Internet of Things, as we talk about, you know, physical objects embedded with sensors that have the ability to talk to other objects using software. It's not that difficult um, to to then 
apply those same thought processes and design processes back into the what I call the test plan in order to drive some more predictive capability as you're going through that entire process. And I, that's really where I'm focused on. It's like we, we see it in the end product. We're not seeing it as much being asked for by the customer base during the process of, of test as well as you know directly after manufacturer. There's so much data to say how long, you know, you can say I scanned it, therefore I know the next time I scan it, it, is, it, it exists from a barcode scenario. But you know, everything from the temperature it was stored at to, you know, how long it was in the box. I mean, these are basic things and you go, well, it's not a lot. It's not live data. It's really important data, depending upon who you're talking to in operations, who you're talking to in manufacturing. You know, when you look backwards, you're thinking about there's requirements, their design, their specs, quality, all that can be fed with that same data to allow people to make decisions throughout that entire process from even back into the research side and the development of the next product. And it's really important to keep that in mind. And, and we use a term where we say designed for test. I mean, many times you have a person, they design a product and, they, and, and test is kind of the last thought in that process. If you actually are designing the product for testing it throughout the manufacturing, it's a lot easier. And that's something that I think we all need to think about. So we talked about the impact of digital transformation to testing in terms of processes and how it elevates uh, the work of the manufacturers as well as the quality of uh, the product received by the end user. I'm curious what the larger business impact is, though, of this digital transformation and testing and whether that business impact differs locally versus globally, uh, and if it's really just defined by some of the more granular constraints of the market or the company or the product being tested. So yeah, again, give us that context. What's the business impact of this digital transformation and testing today and why? So Ian, I'll, I'll hop in on this one. So when you think about, the, my first question is, can a business not afford to do it? And I think that's the biggest question. I, I don't think anybody that wants to move to the next tier and wants to be able to to continue to grow as a company can't embrace this scenario of digital transformation. I also think, you know, when you look down the stream, you know, is, is the company capable of number one, once they transform to that digital transformation, can they use the data in their analytics? Can they use it in their, in, in every asset of or aspect of their business? You know, you know it, when they really dive into it, it allows them to make, factual decision based on key indicators that they've, they've defined. Whether that be business strategy, when you're talking about manufacturing tests, that can be as simplified as pass-fail, or it can be what exactly did it do and what area did it fall off and why, and that can let them go back through the supply chain and look from a product standpoint, individual components, I mean, you name it, you know, for reasons for fail and, and be able to use, utilize that and become more robust in their business process. I totally agree with the, the, the first sentiment you shared of, you know, can you afford not to? Um, and it, it's, it's one of these situations that like it or not, your competition is going to be leveraging these technologies. Um, I, the reason it's called the fourth industrial revolution or industry 4.0 is, is, is because it's that impactful. Um, imagine, you know, the industry 3.0 was all about automation and bringing computing to the factory floor. 
uh, Industry 2.0 was all about electrification. So, you know, if you're if you're thinking you can ride out this industrial wave uh, or be a laggard, uh, you know, imagine trying to run your facility or your practice without electricity. <laughs> you know, uh, that that that's kind of the the type of leap um, that we're talking about here. So, I, I totally agree. If you, you're talking about KPIs, you know, it's 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 all over the board. We see customers. Every business is different. Um, every customer has a, a has a, a a slightly different story, a different objective, a different strategy. But by putting the focus on the KPI and the and the business, you know, sort of uh, outcome that they're trying to achieve, that and and getting buy in from your leadership that that is an outcome that is is uh, exciting to them. Uh, you're going to save yourself a lot of frustration and heartache. The, there's a ton of statistics out there that show how many of these digital transformation projects fail. And great uh, insights, if you've got the time to go on Deloitte's website or Boston Consulting Group or McKinsey, they do a lot of analysis on what's causing these big initiatives to fail. And, uh, and, and you know, the, the, obviously the, the, the factors are are quite diverse, but one of the consistent themes that we see over and over and over again is lack of leadership, not just buy-in, but lack of leadership engagement. If you're trying to do digital transformation and it's not, you know, on, uh, you know, on the goals for the, the you know, annual performance review for your leadership, you're probably going to run out of resources. It's going to get deprioritized. It's going to fail. And so that's a big, uh, a big, sort of best practice that I would suggest people really take seriously. The other thing that I would uh, do is do your research up front. Uh, the World Economic Forum has done a phenomenal job documenting what they call lighthouse factories. There's uh, probably over 40 different lighthouse factories around the world now that have taken a different um, approach to digital tr transformation. Again, you know, a, a factory building uh, automotive uh, components uh, electronic automotive components is going to be very different than uh, maybe a factory building medical devices. Uh, but digital transformation and, and industry photo can impact them both uh, just slightly differently. And so take a look at some of those uh, those lighthouse factories and 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 you know build uh, an exciting story uh, to share with your 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 colleagues. So even just in our conversation today, we've used a lot of terms to describe this digital transformation. Uh, Ian, you just brought up Industry 4.0. That's a big one. Uh, obviously, when we talk about uh, mass connectivity and uh, the the ability to take data from various different processes and pieces of equipment and feed them into uh, you know one core network and uh, one core data analysis strategy, that also comes with an understanding of Internet of Things being kind of the driving term here, the, the driving strategy. And then there's also uh, smart factory. People love to uh, just sort of condense a lot of this into one key term. So I'm curious if there's anything that separates these different terms, if we need to be more thoughtful about how we talk about the various forms of digital transformation as we strategize around uh, these transformations again. And how does this apply specifically to the testing environment? So inter Internet of Things, greatest, greatest example there is, you know, the, the, the connected smart door lock on the front of my house. It's really just about giving everything in the world the ability to communicate. And, um, and some of it seems kind of funky, like I've seen Internet connected water bottles that will tell you, you know, if you're drinking enough water, for example, okay, you know, maybe, maybe you need that in your life, but I, I, can, uh, I can do that without connectivity. Um, 
it's just another thing I'd have to charge anyway. So, uh, you know, that's always a challenge, but I, I, I think of the internet of things as being predominantly a consumer, uh, driven sort of concept that of course starts to connect into the, the factory. And so then you start talking about the industrial internet of things and all the, and the industrial things having connectivity capability. And that's where predictive maintenance, um, you know, smart worker, these are a lot of those in, industrial internet of things use cases. Industry 4.0 is, is a little bit more structured. Um, it's actually a German concept. It comes, uh, it, it, it came about in the, uh, about 2010, 2011 timeframe, um, you know, Germany was, has been, and has really been at the forefront of automation, uh, for so many years. And I think they were looking for a way to sort of, um, leverage a lot of the capabilities of connectivity and data analytics and robotics. And so they put a lot of those concepts together and, and that's what became industry 4.0 in the United States. Uh, we, a lot of times we'll call that, you know, smart factory, uh, because industry 4.0 is, it's really a marketing uh, play by the German government to to basically say, hey, we're you know our companies in Germany are going to be the best at this. So here stateside, a lot of times you'll hear us say smart factory. But uh, yeah, they, they're these concepts kind of blend across and you know into one another. At the end of the day, I, again, I'll just drive it back to KPIs. It doesn't matter what you're calling it, smart factory, industry 4.0. What what KPIs are you trying to move the needle on? And then there's there's tools to help you do that. Yeah, and I think I think just basically using ends kind of water bottle, right? The industry, you know, when you think of internet of things to, to someone, that's going to be very important. I mean, seriously, you know, what? To, yeah. to, depending upon who that person is, that's, you know, struggling to drink enough water in a day, that's going to be one key aspect of solving a problem that they may have. And when you think about it from that viewpoint, that's exactly what we're talking about in multiple facets of along the manufacturing process. So to go back to internet of things, it, it's a simplified connectivity and software to allow a given device, no matter how there's some very small ones and some larger ones can talk to anything. And, and that using that aspect, there's multiple places that can be put into a completely automated, you know, manufacturing line, as well as a not so automatic manufacturing line. When the thought process is, you know, is thought about beforehand when you're designing of what you want to get out of that. On the industry 4.0, you know, it, it's, it, again, it's the new, um, I guess you would say, smart factory is probably the best way to put it. Multiple customers have come and asked me, are you guys ready for industry 4.0? The answer is yes. And I asked them, what do you need and how? And they go, I don't know. Uh, because it's very general and it's very kind of, uh, you know, oblique in essence. You have to know what you want out of it. I mean, it talks about interconnectivity. It talks about automation, which, you know, we have parts of that in every uh, manufacturing, you know, a test manufacturing or, man or functional tester that we build. And then you look at machine learning and real-time data. The reality is, is how, how real-time is the data? When we say real-time data, you think of that being instant. But in many cases, it may or may not be dependent upon how manual, you know, a, a test actually is. So, Again, how you utilize all those things together to give you the capability to do some of the other things we've mentioned is, you know, the, I look at it as, you know, again, KPIs, what I can do to better predict, you know, maintenance, better predict uh, failures based on ma the manufacturing data I have, better predict what I need from my supply chain 
better predict. I look at it from a prediction standpoint and not only looking at the data from there. And again, that's my view. I've got multiple customers that have differentiated views, but in the end, they want a smarter manufacturing line. It's just that simple. They want to be able to know what's going on, when, where, and how, and they've got to think about what that reporting out should be. I mean, you know, some people say it's smart because I walked in and said, turn, you know, hey, turn the lights on and it actually happens. That's just a simplified capability to flip the lights on, you know, using a sensor. But the reality is, in some people's definition, that's smart and others it may not be. And I think that's where I'm kind of challenging the customer base to say, what exactly do you need? Right. As we're looking and that goes back to that planning for what you want to get out of it. So when you're looking at your KPIs or you're looking at best case scenarios for a device that you're building, it all needs to go into that test plan. It all needs to go into what I want to get out of it. And I think that's the bigger picture here. I mean, we're always using these great terms, Internet of Things, industry, predictive, automation. I mean, I've heard a million of them in the smart manufacturing and and they're all capable, you know, scenarios that people need to solve but it comes down to what exactly do you need and how do we go about doing that from the test plan scenario so we can come out with a, you know, a manufactured, a functional tester that's going to make you happy. All right, Ian, Sean, we're just about done with the conversation here. I've got one last question for you. If I could just get some quick thoughts on this, but we've obviously been breaking down digital transformation, but more as a trend that's already happening and then the domino effects that come from it, right? I kind of want to flip the script a little bit. How can you leverage a quality test to then enable more digital transformation, especially if you're an end user and you need, uh, you know, your devices tested, uh, whether that's in-circuit, adaptive, uh, you know, plenty of kinds of tests, right? But how can you leverage the actual testing process and ecosystem to encourage more digital transformation and potentially create some domino effects of its own? You know, I'll, I'll jump at this one quickly. And, and, and it goes back to, you got to think about what your results need to be and want to be when you're going through. So when you, you can lever- you can leverage it to understand the, the, tr- the true parametric test parameters that each part of your project will meet or exceed. And I mean that from not just the simplified test, but multiples, okay, as well as allowing you to extend your tool set and, you know, and journey toward the complete, in essence, information that can be provided you based off of the simplified test you want to run. Many times the outcome is pass or fail. And we offer multiple different scenarios outside of that. And that's why I keep, you know, I want to kind of challenge the, the, the customer base to think about that. You know, pass or fail is great, but what about test time? What about the infinite other number of possibilities based on their, their individual need? At, at what point did it fail? How many times did it, did it fail, you know, in, in a microsecond as compared to the last part? You know, there's multiple ways to look at, over and over when you're testing thousands of products and be able to use that data to help you simplify, number one, your manufacturing process, number two, your testing process, and in the end, feel like you are delivering the best product and be able to meet your KPIs as a business. I also think about sort of upstream and, and downstream supply chain considerations. You've you've got a lot of components, you know, from other suppliers that that are, are coming into your factory and you're putting them together into your finished product and 
what we see oftentimes is there's little visibility. You know, even though you're a customer of that supplier, um, besides the the data sheet they might have given you when you decided to buy that part, is this specific reel of parts? Uh, you know, t- towards the the high end of those specifications, or is it closer to the low end? And how's that going to interface uh, or interact with other parts that are on the board? And so we see a lot of opportunities around supply chain visibility. And so, like Sean was saying, you know, there's a lot more than just a pass or a fail. And and as much as a company wants to leverage data, wants to leverage analytics, um, if you're if you're gonna do it all in a human centric approach, it's gonna be overwhelming very quickly. And so that's why you need to start trying to think about, okay, how do I set up good data best practices? How do I make sure that the data is in the place that I need it to be? And then where do I put my automation around it? Uh, and from an automation, I'm talking about data automation, right. uh, having the having the data automatically analyzed. So, you know, ideally in the morning, you you show up to the factory, turn the lights on, and it tells you, hey, by the way, this product is trending in this direction. You might want to get on the phone with this uh, this this supplier and have a conversation about their quality. I think on that note, we'll go ahead and wrap up the conversation. So thank you to the two of you for helping us break down how digital transformation across the board, whether that's of the products themselves that are being tested uh, or whether that is of the testing process, how the larger digital transformation process is elevating uh, testing and how it is improving the quality, the efficacy and the use cases for quality interconnected devices providing some more data and turning that into actionable strategies. So thanks again to the two of you. We've been chatting with Sean Ryler, Senior Vice President of Sales at CircuitCheck, as well as Ian Fountain, Director of Marketing at National Instruments. Ian, if folks want to find out more about the work that you and National Instruments are doing, how can they get in touch? How can they learn more? Best way is to just go to our website, ni.com. Easy enough. Love when it's that simple. Sean, same question for you. If folks want to get in touch, they want to learn more about how Circuit Check is digitally transforming itself or uh, how it is supporting digital transformation. How can they get in touch? How can they learn more? Same and easy. CircuitCheck.com. Go to the website. We've got multiple touch points there as well as contact information for uh, across our entire uh, sales organization. Boom. Two easy answers. I love it. Probably the easiest answers of the day. All right, my friends. Thank you so much for your perspectives. Sean, uh, Ian, it's it's really been a pleasure, and I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Thanks, Sean. Take care. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for watching another episode of On Deck with Circuit Check. If you like what you saw today and you want some previous thought leadership from the Circuit Check team, or you want to make sure you don't miss out on future episodes, make sure you're heading to our website, circuitcheck.com, as well as subscribing to On Deck with Circuit Check on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you on the next episode of our podcast. Thanks again.